ever wonder what parenting is really like? Do you think that you're the only one that's struggling? Or have you missed out on that amazing hack everyone was talking about? Well, that sounds like you. Grab a seat and get comfy, as you'll be hearing real-life stories from parents that are on the same collective journey, a little thing called parenthood. We'll hear from parents, caregivers, and experts as we fumble through this wonderful path together. I'm your host, Rashida, and welcome to the Parents Connecting Podcast. Hi, everyone. So this episode that you're going to hear is special for a lot of different reasons. Um, The first is that it's a conversation with um, a longtime friend, a longtime friend who has um, dealt with a lot um, with just the parenting journey. And in this episode, we talk about her first birth, her first pregnancy, Um, She has a special needs child, and then she had three other children after that. And she talks about it in such an open and honest way, just straight from the heart, that it's really touching and moving. Um, And it's also special because we we recorded this episode a little while back, but it's airing on January 20th. And we wanted to dedicate this episode to Teal's mother, who passed away very recently. And so we're going to put in the show notes um, a little dedication for her mom. Um, and so I just wanted to send my condolences to, um, to Teal and to the whole family. Losing a parent is, um, you know, unimaginable. And it's, uh, such a, it's such a sensitive time that I just wanted to send uh, lots of love and thoughts and prayers. Um, And so I hope that uh, you listen to this episode and get a lot out of it. We share a lot about parenting, um, the struggles that we kind of go through on a day-to-day basis. And and it's just a conversation between two friends. So uh, listen in. Welcome to the show. I have um, one of my dearest friends from... I can't even I can't even tell you how many years because it'll it'll age us, but it's like 20 years plus I've known plus. I've known you. So yes, we're just gonna leave it at the plus because that's yes. we've, well, that's known, it. we've known each other since I think middle school, right? Isn't that when we No, high school. High school. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we've known each other since high school. They all blend together at you know some age, you just forget about it. So I have Teal on the show, and I'm really excited to have her on the show because a we've known each other for a long period of time, but over the years, you um, you don't get to have the like the the deep conversations that you know you used to maybe before children. So, um, so I wanted to have you on the show because I think that the joys of having children, I think, are just a given, but I, the, the intention of this show is also a little bit to like peek behind the curtain and to talk through things that I think we can all relate to, but that we don't necessarily share, um, around child, childbearing and the, the, a lot years behind the and, <laughs> yes, there's a lot behind the curtain. So and you could share, you can introduce yourself, how many kids you have and stuff, and then we'll just kind of go from there. Okay. So my name is Teal and I've got four delightful human beings that call me mom. My oldest is special needs. Um, and their ages are 10, eight, four, and two. So I've got a decade in on all this mess, <laughs> which is mind boggling to me. 10 too. years. Wow. That shock. I cannot believe it's been 10 years. Wow. So for the podcast, we're going to, we're just for ease. We're going to say 
child one, child two, child three, child four, yes. right? So, yes. Okay. Um, so, so why don't we start with maybe, um, your, your first, you mentioned that your, your first is a yes. special needs child. Why don't you walk through, maybe share a little bit about your, your first, um, your first birth, your first pregnancy, <laughs> kind of that whole thing. Cause that was your, um, that was your first child. And so, right. Right. It's an interesting so motherhood started off with a giant, like <laughs> rock. We rocked the boat. It wasn't, I expected, um, all the happy things and, and I got the happy things in the end. It just was a little bit of a journey. So around, I guess my anatomy scan, we were told, um, I'm sorry, Rashida. <laughs> no, 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 no. Part I'll get it out it. of my system. No, you'll have to edit this. So we were told there was a problem mm-hmm. at like the 20 week scan. We didn't know what, we just knew something. Um, and then we spent the second half of the pregnancy expecting, um, we didn't know what we were told trisomy 18, which is oftentimes fatal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then would sit in our nursery you know, and kind of grieve the, the journey that we thought we would have. Um, in the end, we were given a precious gift that didn't have trisomy 18, but she had a different really rare syndrome. But um, she has a very full life and she's a very happy kid (laughs) and everyone that knows her loves her, but it definitely was um, a different journey. So I didn't have, I wanted to be the crunchy mom with the natural birth and the doula and the breastfeeding and um, all the, all the crunch. I mean, baby wearing, all of it, just all the crunch. Um, and I got a hospital pump attached to me because I had a kid that couldn't breastfeed. Um, and I was still able to give her nourish her in the way I wanted to. So I had to get past that. Um, just all the things I had to get past all, it's like every turn you went to, I had to adjust and fit and adjust. And so we adapted so many times until Lily was about six months old and we found out we were pregnant again. (laughs) Oh wow! And then, I, didn't, I didn't realize it was yeah. just six months. Okay, <laughs> was six months old. <laughs> so, wow. you know, the world was rocked again, um, mm-hmm. and it was fraught with a lot of, I don't know, anxiety. Yeah. yeah because so how I, did you manage that? Like, so what I were you feeling? I didn't manage it well. It wasn't pretty. Yeah. Um, and look, nothing is pretty about child no, especially when you're grieving something. I mean, we all right. go through so you, different parts You of did. It, so. I mean, we really grieved what we thought we were getting and mm-hmm. we had to accept and enjoy. And I think it was much easier for my husband to do. He mm-hmm. was, and I, maybe it's the hormones because hormones really suck, <laughs> but oh gosh, he was okay. able to embrace and enjoy and love a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was still in the pits of despair <laughs> almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and almost numb to what I was doing. Like my life was therapy sessions and yeah. like doctor's appointments and specialist appointments and surgeries and all these things that most parents never have to do. Yeah. Like how many parents put their kid under like anesthesia when they're that little for a major operation? Um, I don't know. The kids had like 10 surgeries at this point. She's just, oh. wow. <laughs> she's a professional. It's just all of our successive children are huge empaths all of Mm -hmm. them they just have always known to take care of Lily even the two-year-old it's really endearing to watch each child become 
caring towards her <laughs> and Very recognize when someone yeah. needs help. <laughs> so it's it's been interesting to watch how it affects their personalities because it's not not a separate mm-hmm. compartment. Um, it is pervasive throughout every area of our lives. <laughs> it affects our day-to-day. It affects our nighttime routine. It affects down to the help that we receive from family and friends, like what they're able to do or willing to do. Oh, um, right. That you does know, bring it. Yeah, that's a whole different layer. So, do, it is so a then, whole different layer. So are you, so then I imagine that you're the primary and maybe the only caregiver for Lily. I am. I mean, at this point, now that we've got so many lovely children, um, Derek, <laughs> my husband has had to step up a lot with appointments. So he is... Okay kind of the point man for taking her for appointments but I do everything else um and so what does comes- that look like? so what's like a day what is a day for you with like with your children at their current ages now and then maybe we'll rewind back to like what it was when you first okay so her. right now we wake up at six and the kids the girls the number one and number two are out the door mm-hmm. um for school by seven so it's kind of a a mad rush from six to seven and then things the pace kind of steadies out a little bit and I do all the fun things that moms do you know clean the house right. and do the laundry and grocery shop and yeah. attempt to get everything done so I don't have to take four children in the grocery store oh gosh <laughs> what, like what a journey what a trip <laughs> Dante missed one <laughs> it's not my favorite yes yes I would um, agree. but then some days we have therapy some days we have teletherapy and that involves a lot of driving and a lot of car sitting and a lot of not fun time with the other kids so it looked different pre-covid because the kids could go in and play and now they can't so now we're kind of stuck in the car um, oh while while the sessions are going on while the sessions are going on so i have tried to condense things down to one day a week or two days a week so that we're not stuck in the car all the time (laughs) and i'm also trying to find balance for the others number two um wants to be involved in activities and I don't want to take anything away from her childhood I want her to have fun and have her own things so she um she does karate and she goes to a church club on Wednesdays and we try to keep her involved and we have a lot of friends that help keep her involved in so I have a lot of people that kind of step up and take over in other areas so me. then so how do you so then how how because you mentioned like the, the kids are all sort of empaths and they they know and they can kind of perceive when they need to step in so do you have like how do you manage sibling rivalries at, like oh, I've totally got two, I've got two young kids they love each other <laughs> but they also hate each other no and they so- do it's a love-hate <laughs> thing on the regular but it's very infrequently directed at Lily like okay. Lily sits back and watches and is just amused by the goings-on okay. um Although now that we're hitting preteen puberty, we're hitting some oh aggression <laughs> that we've had to deal with um, with her through medication just because she is now strong and she can hurt us and she can hurt her siblings if she wants to. She okay. doesn't, but if she wants to, she can throw the full might of her weight at you and it will bowl you over. <laughs> um, okay. So... God made me sturdy for a reason. <laughs> Takes I love a hurricane that. to knock this one down. <laughs> so I got my hurricane. <laughs> um, but her favorite place to be is school. She likes the routine and order and she loves to be around people. 
Um, and is she so she's, all day? Like, what's oh yeah, her sk- she is okay. There, well, and is she? Is she? So, um, because we sort of skipped through. So you had mentioned that um, she had you, you thought that she had tried to be eighteen, which so then we did. They ended so up not- okay, so we can go back to the birth. Um, her birth, we at forty-two weeks were induced, mm-hmm. um, and then while I was in labor, these nurses mm-hmm. told me that they would not resuscitate my child because they considered trisomy 18 to be just a death sentence and they just were going based off of what we had the information we had was that she had trisomy 18 she had so many markers for that syndrome um so when she was born they refused to provide any extreme life-saving measures so anything beyond like offering a cannula with air they weren't going to do and but you were told that like while I was told that while I was in labor. Oh my gosh. Okay. Right. Thanks. That impacted every other birth experience in a very negative way. Oh, like those emotions. And I had three of my four at the same hospital. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And it was a big, very triggering room every yeah. single time. Um, and thankfully she was born and didn't need any kind of special care. Her biggest mm-hmm hurdle at birth aside from her size so at 42 weeks she was born weighing four pounds 11 ounces mm-hmm. um her biggest hurdle was that she had the cleft palate so okay. she couldn't feed oh, in a I typical see. way okay. so it took a lot of trial and error to figure out what the better options were for her okay okay um, and so and then so what did she what did she have and, okay, how, did, so and how did you discover that we had genetic testing done immediately mm-hmm. upon birth <laughs> because they realized that they didn't have the measure of it all um and we found out at like 10 days that she had wolf hirshhorn syndrome which is a partial deletion of her fourth chromosome okay um, and, and what does that and so what does that mean in terms of you know like, development? it just means overall delays like she'll never be alone she'll always be under our care mm-hmm. um she is nonverbal. Okay. I hesitate only because she gets her point across very plainly at this point. <laughs> right, right. Of she course, is yes. um, very skilled at getting her point across, but but she'll always be kind of short stature. Um, we don't know what limitations it places on her life. We were told mm-hmm. that she wouldn't live past two. Obviously, that That's... was not correct. And then there are people that live in, in parts of the country that don't have access to genetic testing at birth. Like we live in a big city where we have access to the best of the best of most things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have a big hospital helping us out. Whereas someone who's in, I don't want to demean any one state, but someone in in a rural area that doesn't have their kid at a big hospital might not have access to genetic testing ever or think there's need for it. They might just think that their child is special and they might just deal with it. So we don't really know how many kids exist with this syndrome. So then like fast forwarding to like the times where kids are, um, let's say not in the, in their lovely state and they're just kind of going crazy and, you know, all, all the good, all the lovely things that we all experience as parents, I think in the tantrum years, <laughs> which um, seem to yes. never end. Um, no, they don't end. 
they just morph right they yeah. morph and change and shift like I thought we were out of it with one kid and now it's just a different kind of tantrum so so talk to me about that like in terms of so like we all know that kids have their own tantrums but I think talk to me about the effects that it has on you as a mom because now you have four oh. children one of the special needs we just talked through I yes. you know I I have two kids you know they're one and a half and four and a half and um and I couldn't lose my mind. Like, <laughs> oh no, I do so. lose my mind on a regular basis. I find that I just shut down almost, um, okay. out of self-preservation. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. D- as long as no one is hurting anyone else, I, I honestly just do my best to get through it. Um, okay. because I find that if I start adding in my yeah. emotion, it kind of ramps things up. It? Right. it makes yeah. it worse and it makes yeah. it last longer. Um, so I put in my headphones and I put on a book and I try to just make sure no one's getting hurt. Yeah. Like it's effective when they're two, like what I'm dealing with now. Mm -hmm. Um, it seems to make things end faster and they move on. Um, it's harder as they get older, harder and easier. If they'll stop screaming long enough to like get rational with me and we go through the rationale of why. I can't give you the orange cup because it's dirty in the dishwasher or the milk tastes the same in the purple cup. Like whatever. That's a really vague example. I know. We can all relate to that. I think whatever the random or they want muffins and we don't have muffins. Like I can't produce muffins for you. I I can, but it takes an hour. Right. Like I can't give you what you want right now. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So I, and I don't, there's obviously days where, I'm having a day too. And we all yeah. scream together and we yeah. all cry together and it just yeah. continues until bedtime. And okay. those are the days yeah. that bedtime's a little early. <laughs> yes. Don't we love early bedtime? Oh I my love gosh. early bedtime. <laughs> and, and that has changed too. having older kids now. Number mm. one likes to go to bed early. So she goes to bed with the youngest, but we let number two stay up and read. Like, oh, okay. so we're, okay. I feel like we have one foot in like preteen world and then one foot in like baby world toddler world so it's kind of harder to navigate that I'm finding it incredibly difficult even just with dealing with other parents so I'm Mm -hmm. the older parent now (laughs) right I know (laughs) when I'm with the two and the four-year-old versus when I'm with the eight and the ten-year-old I'm the young mom like I'm kind of in this weird like both spheres yeah yeah it's it's confusing (laughs) so do you have friends that you lean on so like it sounds like you've got a pretty good support system in terms of just like other people helping out with we we have great friends that are close by and and we have been fortunate to find a church that Mm -hmm. um has a program for special needs families and they offer respite care um on sunday mornings they take lily from us and we don't see her until we're ready to go Mm-hmm. And like tomorrow, this is the first time we've been able to take advantage of this, but they're offering respite for the whole family. Like they're taking the kids for three oh, hours, wow. all of them. And I can go clean my house in peace or go shopping or whatever I want to do. Those type things are really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> helpful. And yep. um, when we lived in North Carolina, number one school offered us two or three times during the year, like a parent's night out where they would take both oh, kids okay. for three or four hours and let us go like buy Christmas presents or go on a date. And those type moments are so difficult for us because yeah. we don't have family around or able or willing 
like when we're with family we want to be with them right of course we want to hang out with them also so it's like it's difficult to to want to head out on a date when we've got family that we only see a handful of times a year do you know what I mean yeah yeah absolutely so we we rely more heavily on our friends probably than is fair (laughs) for those moments not that date nights happen very often well I was gonna ask so like what's so when's the last because you said this was the first (laughs) time that you're you're gonna have like maybe time when was the last time that you've been like without the kids <laughs> um with Derek or by myself because um, I carve well, out let's go with two. both let's go with okay when's the last time you had like just you were you, it was just the two of you and then maybe just just you I cannot tell you <laughs> it's been it's been a while it's been a while <laughs> How do you, so then like, you know, I feel like as, as I've gotten older, at least, and, you know, I think the children tend to help along the process of feeling older. (laughs) Oh, they certainly don't help it. Like, so (laughs) I think like, you know, as we, you know, like I'm in my late thirties. And so, you know, I, I feel like whether it's the age or just the, where we are in the world, like everything just seems so overwhelming and like the concept of this, you know, the self-care, you know, buzzword, it means something to everybody else. But I think at the core of it, it's just like trying to even take like a, a mo- like literally a moment, a minute, yeah, so 30 seconds. On self-care, I don't think that wanting to take a shower alone is self-care. And I don't think that going grocery shopping alone is self-care. <laughs> I don't think that doing dishes alone is self-care. Like, right. like even tomorrow, I intend to go clean my house. I don't consider that to be self-care. Right. If I think about self-care for me, mm-hmm. I would say like a facial, I want to go get a facial Yeah. Yeah. or a massage or yeah. even a pedicure. Like, that's not my thing. I don't ever get to do that. But those moments of like truly where it's just truly, like you yes, get to pamper yourself almost a little bit. Yeah. Unproductive relaxation would be self-care Leisure. for me. Yeah. Leisure. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, what does that even mean? I yeah. know I have the same concept of like what so I I am supremely thankful to be in a place now where I do get two or three days a week where I have four hours by myself. Oh wow, that's great. Um it most often turns into productive time. But I try really hard to make some of it just just kind of relax. Yes, where I can and and it has been super helpful for me to ground myself then. <laughs> Are you um able to like meet with people during your like would you consider that leisure? Because I and the reason I asked that is because like and I'm in maybe a different phase in, in my life, but I find that because I'm seeking sometimes just really solace of like myself, because you don't get you know necessarily either do work or do with the kids or this or that that like then I lose out on the opportunity to like connect with other people and have like real conversations with people that are not about you know kids and so (laughs) I'm curious like you know do you do I'm just actually this is me just asking like what do other people do or talk about I don't I don't um I have a handful of friends that I can like call but I have good friends that have a lot of kids five and seven kids that I would love to spend time like gleaning from their wisdom Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) um and and just being around them because I enjoy them as people but they're so busy like and that's part of the problem like the people that I relate to the most have the least time Mm -hmm. um 
and I don't take it personal that they don't have time for me because I don't have time for people either. Like it's just, I mean, how long did it take us to get together, Rashida? I know, <laughs> like, I know. It's, it's embarrassing, like, you know, an that's... annual, like, happy birthday or, right? like, you know, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, it, it's it's crazy. And then yeah. the, the last time we saw each other in person. It was 2015. Okay. So seven years ago. Yeah. Which is that's ridiculous. Nuts. <laughs> and, I mean, that's the other thing. Like, time seems to, like, it doesn't, be it's not in real. this warp. Yeah, it's, it's like not this, real. literally this warp that I'm, like, <laughs> especially with like COVID in between right that just changed everything it stole two years from us at this point yeah and 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 I mean everybody's like adjusted and changed and had to just deal with it right in different ways but for me you know now like I work from home 100% of the time but like there's no delineation of time like it just all like runs into the, the next day and sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and a don't even know what day it is. No, sometimes not even know what time it is. <laughs> no, I'll have dreamed something like, was that real? Was that not? Like I have just no. Co- and so when somebody asks me, "Hey, how was your weekend?" I'm like, I don't. When when was that? Like I don't weekend, even. The weekend what? is just like every other day. It's not. <laughs> it's not because so, all the kids are at home. But it's like it's just more of the same. I get up. I get kids dressed. So number one is still diapered. So my life is going to be this endless cycle of like diapers, wake up, diapers, clothes, feed, entertain, feed, entertain, clothes, bed. Like it's just this cycle of (laughs) the same activities on different human beings over and over and over and over again. And I Uh. try in the process of that to make them good, kind human beings and not little tiny a-holes. (laughs) <laughs> um and just which I'm sure you're doing a wonderful job at <laughs> productive I, I, I believe productive it. human beings who get enough sunshine and enough nutrition and enough of of us me like yeah. it's hard to make sure each kid is getting what they need how do you balance I, I, that how do you balance your time with each of the kids because even with two I, I do find like the je- you know the jealousy thing is there and you know trying to get especially when somebody's so little they don't necessarily understand so maybe when they're older it's a little bit easier but like how do you find do you give do you dedicate like 15 like five minutes for each kid or like what what's your no I I don't have anything said it's just so number one and number four demand the most okay so that's kind of just a given because of who they are and what they need they just demand the most and then um number two I think needs a whole lot more reassurance from us both um I feel like she has given up the most because she's been through having two younger siblings on top of an older sibling who is very demanding um so we go out of our way with her right now to make sure that she's getting one-on-one time either dinner with me alone or dinner with Derek alone um or like I took her to a play a few weeks oh, ago and sweet. she just, it just brightens her up so much. Yeah. Um, and then we'll have to figure out what that is, what it looks like for the other two for now, because the younger two are boys. They're just content to rough house with Derek at night. Uh, like it's okay. what they each need is so different, but we have to constantly ask ourselves and adjust like allowing number two to have a later bedtime and giving yeah. her that space alone away from everybody to exist right (laughs) and to read I mean even just the logistics of toys oh it's her her siblings are always destroying her stuff so trying to find her a place to keep keep her precious things safe it's like 
trying to give her, I don't want to say value, but trying to make sure that she understands that we value her as much as we do all the other crazy in the right, world. Like, right, yeah. You know, our kids know that we love them, um, but we want them to feel special, important. Right? Important right, and yeah, special. Yeah. Like, yeah. like they're all just as important to me, but I'm, I'm trying to meet their needs the best I can. And I feel like that's where I fail <laughs> on a daily basis is just... I think you may feel that way, but just giving them what they need. Well, I think even hearing you talk about what you're trying to do is that in and of itself is providing for your kids in a way that like, you know what I mean? It it is. (laughs) And I mean, and I say that because like, I mean, I think we all go through that guilt phase of like, oh, because I I do like, I, I always feel like I have to give the kids the best or whatever like if I read something I'm like oh I'm not doing that like I should be doing xyz but yes you should listen- stop reading <laughs> well I listened to this one I know right <laughs> just stop I I I went to this um I did this little uh, uh webinar or something I can't remember some workshop and it was on like picky eating or something but the woman had said something that really resonated with me she had said one of the things that, you know, everybody has a different circumstance of what they can actually feed their children, right? Whether it's some sort of financial situation or whether it's like your, your life is just kind of crazy and busy and nobody, you know, you can't feed the kids everything organic or you can't right. feed the kids like, you know, every single, you know, thing from the food group for, cause you know, you've had it like a, you know, whatever. And she said that whatever you're doing with, when you're trying to plan out these things, make sure that you, um, one of the things to keep in the back of your mind is just what's at your capacity. If I today am like super down or had a really busy day and the only thing that I could do is like offer my kids a piece cereal of toast. for dinner well yeah that or like a, like yesterday I literally like I was like oh crap I didn't you know I didn't have time to make dinner I'm like okay we're gonna do um pizza toast so I like you know put some pizza sauce on a toast put some cheese on it and they, and they it. think and, it's fun yeah exactly. and, I, and I shredded up some carrots and I'm like okay there's your veggie and so I think that that concept of capacity is was like for like kind of lost upon me because yeah. I do feel we always feel like we have to we're like seeking for this like ideal or what we think that we, you know, we should be able to offer. And right. I think just even the thought of, okay, like kind of taking back, okay, this is what I could do at this point in time. And that, and she said like, and it was just reassuring, honestly, it was just comforting to like, that's enough. Like that is actually enough. Right. Do well, that's, I, I say that to myself a lot. Like it's enough. It's enough. They're fed. They're happy. They're clothed. Like right. they're relatively clean. <laughs> um <laughs> So with the whole feeding thing, we've had to teach our kids real early that like life's not fair because number one eats macaroni and cheese. She eats fruit and yogurt. And so I should say she eats any variation of like a carb and cheese. She likes pizza. She likes grilled cheese. She likes quesadillas. She likes mac and cheese. Um, And so I will make her what she will eat and everybody else gets what I'm eating. Like whatever I have prepared out of whatever casserole or whatever protein and vegetable, like you don't get the extra special. What a skill to teach your kids, honestly. It's hard. Yeah. (laughs) But that is such, that's going to, um, I'm sure it's hard, but I think that if they get, if, yeah, I'm sure you struggle with that all the time. (laughs) It's so hard. But But if they can learn that, like I don't, it's not healthy. For Lily or number one, for number one, it's the best we can do. Like it, it is what she will consume and it is her calories and that's it. Right. But we can do better for yeah. the rest. You need to learn to like 
whatever I'm giving you your zucchini that's roasted and cut into cute shapes and like whatever (laughs) you need to eat what I'm giving you because it's healthy and it's what your body needs and we're meeting other needs for you than what she has um so they might get a little side of macaroni or they might get a little wedge of of quesadilla whatever it is that they think is unfair that I'm not giving them yeah um but oddly enough like Derek and I could go the rest of our lives and not eat macaroni or grapes ever again because we have fed them to Lily (laughs) to number one to the point that it makes us ill and sick and I could just if I never ever have to make macaroni again I would be happy um and it's starting with with the kids too now number two doesn't ever reach for those things like I keep grapes out and washed all the time and she doesn't touch them because we just it's just too much right right Um, and the same with the macaroni she doesn't want it she hardly ever requested I'll have the pot on the stove and she won't ask for it as a side because she's just had too much of it so much of it right yeah (laughs) that's okay I mean I think parenting in any in any case is hard having multiple children is like a whole different a whole different ball game right I'm telling you (laughs) it doesn't like once you have two it's all the same it's just that's what I've heard that is what I've heard it's like it's just just to scale yeah exactly and then like in a few years you know they'll be doing like do they do chores do they come in and help you like put stuff away Um, like number two does big time she is a huge helper um and she wants to do more even than I as a control freak allow her right. to do <laughs> but she can make eggs like she'll prepare eggs for or for her siblings oh, wow. she makes scrambled eggs she likes to make a menu and she plays oh, restaurant and cute. feeds them lunch and I'm happy for her to do it she'll make peanut butter and jelly and toast and I mean I'm happy for her to do that I have a harder time with other things like I yeah. want the dishwasher loaded a certain way she can empty it um and she'll switch over laundry um so we need now to work on and it's I'm constantly telling myself like okay now it's time (laughs) introduce the four-year-old to something like what can the four-year-old do we need to give him more responsibility and Mm -hmm. the best thing I ever did was putting him in pre-k because Um, it has changed his approach to cleaning the house like it's mm -hmm. a responsibility in his classroom and now it's extended to the house when I say okay time to clean up I don't see him sneaking to the corner to try to play I see him helping and and it's it's it was a much harder transition without that for his older sister (laughs) so it's been nice now to not have that battle like he just understands that that's his responsibility does he always do it willingly no sure but what can we expect right it's a whole lot better. even I don't want to clean up (laughs) no I don't either but I also don't want to sit in a room full of toys at night like I know I know (laughs) I just I want one space that's like an adult space do you have one do you have one no like what about your bedroom like is it a place like yes my bedroom but my bedroom's never clean Uh, um we had an issue at the house I don't remember now it's probably four three years ago where we had mold in the basement, which the basement was a playroom. And it was one of the reasons we picked the house we're in. Um, but we just had to rip it all out to get rid of the mold. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just hasn't been put back together. So now our living room is also the playroom. Um, oh, I know that. Yes. We have yeah. a multi-purpose room. That's multi-purpose. A, you know, every every house, all. every room in the house is multi-purpose. <laughs> it's, yes. Yeah. So we actually, and this worked for our family. It might not for others, but 
all the kids sleep in one room and then the other bedroom is like the dressing room. So it's all the dressers and all the toys for the upstairs. Okay. (laughs) And then the kids are all sleeping in the other bedroom. So we have two bunk beds. Okay. And it, it works. That's am- that is amazing that they can all well, like because I can sit in one room and put them all to bed if I need to by myself like oh that's true okay so there are nights like where rooms. it's necessary there's nights where it's not like Lily or number one and and Derek have a special bond and she prefers to have him put her to bed and I'm fine with that but if he's working late or not home because he's traveling then I can sit with everybody and put everybody to bed at the same time Oh, that like, is, I never even considered that. It just makes yeah. life infinitely easier. Because that oh. was one of my biggest struggles as we added each child. Well, like how, and it's always bedtime. Like how right. do I handle this hurdle of meeting everybody's needs at bedtime? How does everyone mm-hmm. feel like they're getting what they need from me at this time? <laughs> but this was the answer to that problem. That's, that is, I mean, that's great that you actually figured out something that works for you because I'm in the place where if it is like typically we'll we'll split if we're both home you know one, right one person right. will do one kid and the other person will do the other kid but then there are times where you know one person is just with both of them and like the kids are going to sleep basically at the same time now which makes it, it does make it a little easier but also makes yes. it more difficult because then we're like well you know so now we've sort of established a routine where we'll read a story with you know with both of the kids in one room and then but then the other kid will have to go to the other room but it's interesting like if they were both in the same room I you know, I mean they're just sleeping what does it matter yeah like, exactly for for us it works and again everyone's got yeah every kid is different every, everyone's yeah. different <laughs> I mean I have people that their kids wouldn't sleep well together because they'd wake each other up at night yeah. for us even if the two-year-old wakes up screaming or number one wakes up screaming like Uh it doesn't they don't wake up they sleep through it oh wow that's impressive so it worked I don't know if they if they're just just honestly I think kids just adapt like I was so concerned when my when my uh, second went to daycare he was a really colicky child yeah and he was crying all the time and I was and so I tried to bring a nanny in for the first few months and like it just all that stuff kind of fell through and so then we ended up going to like a really expensive daycare but I was like at least there's like there'll be some consistency and I remember asking the person like the director I'm like well have you ever had to like kick a child out or like because I was so afraid that he was going to be so like he because he was so uncomfortable until we figured out that he had this like you know do- soy and milk allergy or whatever right that was causing all these issues that um like he wasn't going to be able to sleep there or like because we would we'd have put him to sleep and and so I was just so afraid but I mean, like after the first day, they were like, oh, he's, he's such a great kid. Like he's like, I don't know what about (laughs) these childcare workers are amazing. And I have a times. (laughs) They are magicians, but they have tools at their disposal. And also, and I guess this is where I kind of like shut it out, like the fussing and the crying. And I don't hear it. Like I can see that this child has their needs met. Yeah. And I just have to get through this and help them fall asleep. Like they'll get there. Everything is okay. It's cool to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. self-preservation, man. No, I like, know. But I mean, I'm just saying like, I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, no. <laughs> it's, it's talking to that rational side of your brain and being like, they have what they need. I can't right. do anything more. I am yeah. at capacity. There's that exactly. one again. Yeah. I'm at capacity for what I can provide them. So we just work through it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Deal, I have um, really enjoyed A, catching up because it's always nice to catch <laughs> also, up. Also, yes. <laughs> and and B, before we go, I wanted to see like, what would you, um, what's like the, 
for 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 each of your kids or for your life or where you are in this like what's like the thing that brings you the most joy oh that's deep (laughs) I think it's going to relate to kids just because that's my life but I think watching them grow and learn brings Mm -hmm. me joy (laughs) like watching them figure out some struggle and move past it in a positive way and not succumb to frustration (laughs) Mm -hmm. makes me happy so like be it a silly puzzle or be it some conflict at at school with a friend like watching them overcome these things and learn and move forward makes me indescribably happy (laughs) yeah I would agree yeah what what just and seeing their joy actually yes it's pride it's it's proud and in a weird way like it's satisfying to watch them like problem solve yeah in in a way that I don't think I was equipped to do until I was much older like I'm (laughs) I try to remember how frustrated I would feel just dealing with like friendships and because I was an only child essentially my brothers were so much older than me I never had that ability to problem solve and like I didn't have those skills and so to have my kids especially number two she is so empathetic and so loving and caring and so to watch her bring that to her friendships and problem solve makes me so happy (laughs) oh that's so sweet that's so sweet I can tell. Yeah, that's beautiful. You have to make them good people. <laughs> yes, that is that is our goal, right? <laughs> it is our goal. <laughs> um, was there anything else that you like that we didn't cover that you want to share, or like that you want to impart as we as we close this up? No, I mean, I would love if in the future you wanted to do this again to talk about like birth experiences because I, I talking about like passions I think that birth and like breastfeeding and like those early hard years like what Mm -hmm. you had to deal with with the colic like I enjoy helping moms through that I I want to be more present for people than I can be physically but I try to really be there for friends that are going through that so if you ever wanted to do this again and we could focus on on birth or oh, whatever I love that. I love or that like idea. the earlier stuff yeah. I kind of feel like I'm being pulled out of that time in life now that we're moving away Getting from infancy but but that's still probably my joy like I, oh, think I love that, that. you have the, always been helpful I think like if I, I, like <laughs> anything in the beginning yeah like you'd have all these like little tidbits or like you know little nuggets so yeah yeah let's do I, this again absolutely yeah I would love that that would be fun I think maybe my calling in life is to be a doula when I'm child-free. I, th- I think you'd be, I think you'd be a wonderful doula. I, that would I bring totally me, think that that's, that would bring me joy. Well, this was really great, Teal. Thank you for, uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for being on the show, You're sharing welcome. your story. Absolutely. I know that probably everybody can relate to some aspects of, of kind of all the stuff that we talked about, even in the meandering thoughts, because that's how, that's how two moms talk. Right. That's how our conversations <laughs> go. I was, I'm happy to cover whatever more if somebody wants to hear more about like special needs parenting I can go into more yeah <laughs> and I'd too. love to like you know if you if you want to um you know you you mentioned the, the the syndrome that your your first has like we can put the yes. stuff in the notes if anybody wants to learn yeah, more I can about send you the, some links. Things. yeah yeah, yeah we can do okay. that thank well thank you, you so much Teal. I really appreciate it, it was really You're great welcome. talking to you I'll talk to you and later. we'll definitely connect soon absolutely So I'm not sure about you, but I got so much out of that episode and I am really grateful for Teal to have been on the show and to share her experience in such 
a vulnerable and authentic way. I think that we all have some really deep pain and struggles that we deal with on an everyday basis. And to give the space to talk about these things, I think brings people closer together. And also it gives people the opportunity to know that they are not alone. And I hope that you do something that maybe make you feel uncomfortable because I I think through un, uh, discomfort comes some really great things and to, to walk through that. If you have your own story that you want to share, please reach out to me. In the meantime, if you like this episode, help support this podcast by subscribing, rating, um, reviewing it and sharing it with a friend. Thanks for listening. And until next time, happy connecting.